Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Doing more is brought to you by the Home Depot. Visit homedepot.com for details on flooring, appliances, and bathroom home improvements. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. Let's take a look at a player who's doing more for his team. How about Steven Strasburg? Seven innings, seven hits allowed, one run, and 12 strikeouts tonight in a dominating performance. Eight to one, the Nationals are going to go up three games. Strasburg doing more for his team. Brought to you by the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Sunday, the NFL on CBS is at Lambeau Field with the Packers hosting the Raiders, plus a key AFC South clash between Houston and Indy and Indy. It all begins with JB and the guys getting you ready for all the action on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on CBS. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4. CBS is brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. All you have to do is switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. I'm Pharrell with Carver High and Mafia in New York. Joe Curley joins us from out in L.A. He's with the Ventura County Star. Covers the Rams. He's been on the bench many times. Joe, good to have you back. What's up, boys? Thanks for having me on again. So, uh... I guess, uh, where do I begin with uh, this, essentially? Uh, After what I saw yesterday with them getting just schooled, let's face facts, right, by the uh, Niners, 20-7, to uh, are they still calling this guy a genius? Is he still the smartest guy in the world? Because I've heard he's smarter than all of us, and he's a genius, and he knows more than everyone except Bill Belichick, who we lost to in the Super Bowl. And then now what are they calling him? Because he's losing every game now. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the uh, this is the challenge. This is, you know, we've never seen Sean McVay like this, and that's kind of the fascinating kind of um, you know aspect of this situation. You know, we want to see what um, you know the guys we build up. You know, we want to see what they're going to do when things aren't you know doing all that great. I mean, they um, you know when they lost to Tampa a couple of weeks ago, that was the first time they'd been out of first place with Sean McVay as, as head coach. The guy was basically in first place the first 36 games of his tenure with the Rams. And so, you know, now, you know, everybody can succeed when, when everything's going right and your, your team is healthy and, you know, the matchups look good. Let's see what the genius looks like when, you know, things are going rough and you've got, you know, um, you know you're pulling guys up from the practice squad to, that you're relying on and, and uh, you know, you're filling some holes and you're, you know, you've got some adversity and that, you know, to his credit, that's what he talked about after the game on, on Sunday, that nobody was going to feel sorry for them. They're not, um, you know, nobody was going to help them. They were going to have to help themselves over these next couple of games and figure this out. You've never seen him lose three in a row and they were over nine on third down and over four on fourth down. Uh, what does he say about that? I mean, they can't do anything right. Third and fourth down's a disaster. 
Well, that was about as brutal, um, you know, a, four, a 51 minutes as you're ever going to find. They they went right down the field, seven runs, uh, five for Malcolm Brown, two for Robert Woods. They scored a touchdown, go up seven nothing, and they gained exactly 101 yards the rest of the game. It was like three weeks after Jared Goff had thrown for his career record 517 yards against Tampa in, in a losing effort. The guy had 78 yards. They just could not protect him. They could not. The offense right now is just broken, and it starts up front with that offensive line. And until they fix, um, you know, I've been saying the interior of the offensive line, but you know, you watch the film, even the, um, you know, the two uh, tackles that they've spent a lot of money on, Rob Havenstein and Andrew Whitworth, you know, aren't playing up to the, you know, the level that you know we're used to seeing from them around here. But certainly, they they gambled in the off season. They, um, you know, with all the contracts that they've had to pay out, um, you know, they, they've had to go short some places, and that's, you know, young players and in the interior of the offensive line, and they haven't been able to hide it so far. They haven't been able to coach it up so far. Certainly, you know, when you make those decisions, you don't think that the guys are going to be plug and play and they're going to be ready NFL players from day one. But, you know, we're now six weeks into the NFL season and they're not showing signs of, 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 you know, improvement of advancement. And, you know, they're going to need that improvement soon, or this is going to team that's going to going to be a team that's going to go from the Super Bowl to falling out of the playoff race. They're two and a half games behind the Niners and they're two games behind um, Seattle the Seahawks, and they've lost both of those games, uh, you know, to those teams. So those teams have, you know, the beginnings of a tiebreaker against the Rams. So really, the, their uh, room for maneuver, their their room for error is really short at this point. And we're not even to Halloween yet, so you know things are certainly uh, tightening up in Los Angeles. Yeah, Joe Curley back on the bench uh, from the Ventura County Star. Great paper. You're uh, seriously though that we were talking about it before. Like they're in a place now. There's you know, three five-win teams, three four-win teams, three three-win teams, and the way you described it being two and a half out and two out of those two teams that they already lost to. I mean, let's face facts. It's in Portuguese. What you just said means they're screwed right now mm. because they have absolutely zero room for for any losses the rest of the way because everyone's going to be fighting for that last playoff spot, and a team that already has two more wins than them, they only got 10 games left. So, I mean, they literally have no room for error. Yeah, and, you know, there was this discussion going into Sunday whether or not Sunday was a must-win game. And, you know, you can't you can't be playing must-win games in October, never mind losing them. And it, things get worse because they're not going to see the Coliseum for another month. They got to go to Atlanta, you know, with all those, you know, the the demons from last year starting to crop up. They're going to train for a week in Atlanta with, you know, all the memories from last year, and then they're going to go to to London. So, you know, meanwhile, if, if you look at the Niners' schedule, they're going to be playing some tomato cans coming up. I think they got Washington on their schedule. They got a couple other, um, you know, kind of winnable games. I, I think Carolina is one of them. That's you know, it's not a gimme, but, you know, they might get back to, to uh, the Coliseum and the Niners might be 6, 7, 8, oh, eight no, and, and then you're talking about you have to win out to have a shot. So uh, they went to Atlanta, obviously, and lost the Super Bowl, so that's not their favorite place. But it is a delicious offering in playing the lowly Falcons who can't get mm-hmm. out of their own way this week. If the Rams don't get that game, they're, I mean, in, in my opinion, if they lose the game, they're finished. Yeah, you got to beat that team. I mean, that's a team that just beat the Arizona team that's only a half game behind the Rams 
in the standings, they're closer to this Arizona team that was a complete mess last year and is kind of rebuilt, you know, building and, and a little bit exciting, but still not somebody you would, you know, not a team you would point to as a competitive team, you know, a team that's going to have a shot to make the playoffs. Right. They're a half game ahead of that team. They're closer to that team than they are the, you know, Seattle and the Niners. So that's where the Rams are right now in this NFC West that, you know, they've dominated the last two years. They have not been out of first place, um, you know, the last two years. And now uh, it's a brand new scenario in Los Angeles. And, you know, it, it's, you know, from a neutral perspective, it's fun to see, you know, what is this team going to do their challenge? They haven't right. been beat up the last two years. They've got all kinds of injuries, you know, starting with Clay Matthews and Aqib Tlaib and, you know, going on now to some of these young, you know, linemen that we've been talking about. Joe Nopum was ruled out for the year today. Um, right. And so they're going to have to go deeper down into these younger, you know, the younger uh, depths. You know, one of the main problems that the Rams have is that they don't have veteran because they've had to spend money um, and and go for younger, cheaper players at the back end of the roster. They don't have veteran, um, you know, options to turn to when when injuries get tough. And so now they're turning to to guys who are unproven NFL players. And it's great for those guys that they have a shot to make it in the NFL and, and, you know, guys who've been dreaming their whole life to, you know, to get this opportunity. And I'm sure some – some will show that they can play, but you know there's a really good shot that some of these guys are going to show they can't play, and that that's going to put this team even, um, you know, in a tougher position. Listen, Joe Curley with us. I have to tell you, the rest of the way, like I don't want to get too into the schedule, but let's face facts. They play uh, the next two weeks are wins to me. Falcons, Bengals, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to put wins and losses on the schedule, but uh, those two they have to win, and then it gets really brutal. At Pittsburgh will not be easy. Chicago at home will be tough automatic. I mean, the Bears are a tough team. Ravens will be tough. They go to Arizona, a conference game. At You know, they got Seattle at home, tough game, brutal. I think Russell Wilson can give them nightmares. They play at Dallas and at San Francisco and Arizona to end it at home. I mean, the last five or six games are brutal. Well, a lot of this is going to be determined by, you know, just how real San Francisco is. I mean, if, if – the Niners continue to play like they're playing in Seattle. I mean, they were a play here and a play there. They probably should have won in Seattle. Um, you know, but, but it's, uh, you know, they need – at this point, they need help. They're too far behind to be able to pull this off. If the Niners kick on and they're what the Rams have been the last two years. If the Rams go – if the Niners go out and win 13 games, you know, the, the Rams have no recourse. I mean, the Niners are going to have to kind of swoon a little bit and not be able to play at this level the entire season, or we're not going to have a race, you know, out here. So that, that's where they are right now. Do you think that uh, we said earlier that on the show that we think, like, guys like Tlaib now, I know he's injured, so they'll get, the you know, that'll come into the uh, picture here, but – I thought he looked from day one. I thought he and that uh, defense, frankly, uh, or just even in general, the team. Some of them seemed really old to me. Like they had, like legitimately, you know, uh, aged. Like they, like one year to the next. Like to leave to me does not look like the same player that was playing in the Super Bowl. He looks like a guy that just aged horribly. Well, remember under Fisher in the beginning of of McVay, they were super young and they wanted to get. You know, one thing they didn't have on the roster was kind of veteran guys who had won in the league. They'd had a bunch of young players who had just experienced losing. So they kind of, as a team, had reached out and tried to get, win, you know, veterans, people that knew how to, you know, win in this league and play in this league. Guys like Whitworth really helped offensively. And, and I did like the moves for Matthews and, 
and Weddle, and they, they both have played very well. Um, you know, Matthews had like six sacks when he broke his jaw, and, you know, Weddle's somebody that gives him a lot of versatility on the back end. Um, you know, Tlaib, you know, is a winning player, a guy who's been to the, you know, the, the conference championship games multiple times, but certainly he's he's had his physical limitations. He's been banged up, and they they do have some depth uh, in the secondary that's kind of helped them. Um, but I mean, you're in a situation now with him where, you know, he's an older guy who's on IR. I mean, you know, unless, you know, things kind of change, he might not play, you know, another game in this league in a competitive fashion. I mean, you know, he's got, he's got, you know, he's got some questions to answer, you know, um, as does the team, you know, over the next month or so. Joe, do you think uh, we had people calling up here uh, already tonight saying the Rams season was over, which I don't think it is at all. But there, but there was a conversation that we had about the Chargers, how you know the Steelers fans took over that stadium, StubHub, and literally, I mean, it was like 90% Steeler fans. It was embarrassing. And then people are saying that it'll never work at at Inglewood, and I'm thinking. I said, listen, you got to at least see what happens because this thing's like a multi-billion dollar facility. It's going to be amazing, that stadium, any way you slice it. Do you think that, because I already said, listen, people from San Diego aren't driving up to watch the uh, the L.A. Chargers right. at Inglewood or, or StubHub or anywhere for that matter. They just don't want to do that on a Sunday. They want to go to the beach or they want to chill at home. And, and I want to know from you, do you think that the Chargers will fail in that stadium? No, I mean the bottom line is it's Southern California. You got to win, you know. And and the Chargers, you know, the, the Chargers move is one of the strangest moves, you know, in American sports history. They didn't go to a new market that was thirsty for them. They went just far enough away from their fan base to make everyone mad. And it, you know, and they haven't been obviously welcomed with open arms. And certainly everything, you know, from the state, the facility to. You know, that is one of the best teams in the NFL, and you know, for them to be put in this position is just, you know, it's a really rough situation. They, this is a team that you know any NFL fan should love to have those players to root for and to, you know, to watch every Sunday. And it's just because of that, you know, of the, the ownership situation and the situation with the move, it just hasn't worked. But the thing about it is, you know, if you put them in, you know, a state-of-the-art facility, one of the best facilities. Um, you know, in the country, and they win, people are going to pay money to go there. And, you know, in 10 years, everything's going to change, you know, that over time, people will forget. Certainly, you know, that's a team right now that belongs, you know, back home in San Diego. And certainly the fans of San Diego didn't deserve to have that situation happen to them. But, you know, 10, 15 years from now, you know, if, if they continue to win, there's going to be Charger fans in L.A. It's just they just got to wait it out. It's just that ugly and that bad. Meanwhile, you know, the Rams have shown that, you know, despite the fact that, you know, there was, ha- you know, probably, you know, 25% Niner fans uh, at the Coliseum, the you know, the other day, you know, that's a fan base. The, when there was no football here, the you know, Steelers were a huge fan base in Southern California. The Niners became a huge fan base in Southern California. And these guys, the moment these teams get here, these guys don't throw away their, their Patriots and, and Steelers and Niners and Cowboys gear. You know, they are who they are. And you need these kids that are going to, they're growing up and watching Todd Gurley and, and uh, Melvin Gordon. You need them to, you know, become adults and pay for tickets. And, you know, over time this will change, but certainly right now this is where both teams are. 
Wow, great stuff, Joe. Incredible. Uh, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. I, I still think it'll, uh, I do believe it'll work eventually. And I don't believe they're going back at all. Uh, I have no no belief that they would return to San Diego. In fact, I think the fans would want it. I don't think the city wants them. It, you know, they're like, see you later, bye. We don't care what you do. And they've never done anything with that old stadium. So the whole thing's an embarrassment. It's great having you on the bench as always. Let's see how the Rams do in Atlanta and against uh, you know, the Bengals, they got two easy games if you ask me. If they don't win those, I, I, then I'll say they're finished. Joe, thanks for coming on the bench. Anytime, Amy. All right, uh, Joe Curley with the Ventura County Star with us. 855-212-4CBS. By the way, Packers have the ball, clock ticking, 38, 37, 36. They're at the one-yard line of the Lions trying to punch it in, and they have two timeouts left. They're trying to milk the clock and uh, win this game. They are down 22-20 right now, third and three, and uh, they're right outside to go. Aren't they at the, like, one-yard line? How is it third and three then? Uh, maybe they're at the four, and you can get a first at the uh, one. I'm not sure exactly where they at are. At the four? That guy went down at the one. Uh, you must be tripping. Oh, so they're going to just go with the field goal? Are you kidding me in this league with missed well, field goals? It looked like the Lions were trying to let them score on that play, and, they, and the Packers weren't having it. The play where he laid down at the oh. – it looked like the Lions all moved out of the way and were willing to let him score so that they could get the ball right. back. And the Packers weren't having it. They well, now they'll miss the field goal. From your lips to God's ears. What do you think? After all that nonsense, a guy will miss the field goal. They don't. They sure deserve to. With what other, the officials have done here in the fourth every quarter. Every other game, every other game, there's always the – we have at least one a week, don't we? A guy misses the – Brian yesterday. Brian yesterday lost the game. Now watch this guy. Now he's got to make this. This has been criminal what they did to the Lions in this But this game. isn't really a field goal. This is a chip shot, this one here. It's not even a 33-yarder, right? It's like 23. This is like the old field goal. The old extra point. He's not going to shank this, is he? I sure hope he does. He deserves to. I mean, this is unbelievable. He made it. There you go. Packers win. Uh, all right, 855-212-4CBS. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS. Carver High, you're livid about the uh, the game tonight with the refs. I didn't – I was busy. I just when does it end? What happened? When like, is it going to end? Y- you saw multiple bad calls? Multiple. They handed the Packers the game. The Lions should be furious right now. They should go and take the fines right now. The, Matt Patricia, if he has any spine, stand up there tonight and just take the fine that the NFL gives you and lay it out there. You got screwed. That game was what was the score when it when the, when it all started? It was twenty-two to thirteen with ten minutes left in the fourth right. quarter. A third down play. The Lions sacked them. They would have got the ball back up nine. You know, and they call this phantom hands to the face penalty on Trey Flowers. Phantom, completely phantom call. Two plays later, Green Bay's in the end zone to score a touchdown. That was the play that Rodgers threw the ball down to the kid in the corner there, and he rolled into the end zone for the touchdown. And then at the end, admittedly, the Packers, were they got down the field. They were going to kick a field goal and go ahead. There was about a minute 10, minute 20 left. Another third down play. The Lions had just used their timeouts. They were going to get the ball back after the field goal. Another phantom hands to the face penalty on the same guy. I saw the one at midfield that they called. That's the one that when it was 22-13. That was embarrassing. That is atrocious. That guy didn't do anything. And they sacked him on the play. They sacked that, He called that a hand to the face because it was a hand to, basically to the t- uh, neck. It wasn't right. to the face. It was his neck. It's an awful call in that spot. Two plays later, boom, Packers in the end zone. Right. That's an atrocious job by the – as usual. They're bad as we know. 
But tonight, just embarrassing. I think, I think they're just always bad. I think it's every game, every every week. I think Cross it's every, every, every game, every week. I don't think they're good at all. I think they have a real problem, and they will never admit it, ever. They will never admit they have a problem, ever, in anything. Do they? They just never. make all they do is make money and celebrate their hundredth season and talk about all the happiness. And watch this one too. You want to see another bad one? Watch the hand in this guy's neck here on the line drive right before it. Now we know these never get you know you never call you know get the, you. He could have challenged that. Would he have gotten it? Of course he would. Of wouldn't course know, not. Because they don't overturn any of these things. You mean that punch to the throat right there before the ball got yeah, there when I he saw got punched that. in the throat? I mean, this was a complete disgrace tonight. They're always bad. You're right. It's every game. Every game. But tonight, they flat out cost that team a win. Flat out. They should be just a total disgrace. These guys should all be fired. Whoever did this game, they should all but be fired. But they never fire them. Well, because they're they, a thousand they, years they old. Never, they never do anything. And I agree with you. They're a thousand years old. I think that's their problem. Half of them are at least a geriatric city. I mean, they're really. it's really bad. So and he's getting held on this play too. The flag should have been on the Packers on this play. And what did they call oh, there? They called another hand to the face on the guy. The same guy. Look at the hold. Bakhtiari is basically dragging him. Uh, but you gotta admit. But look, but Bakhtiari's got him by the neck too. They're both doing it. And so they called it all on Detroit, every penalty. That was completely disgraceful. That now watch this guy. Game. He ran it down to the one. They were letting him score. You notice he the got Lions. That one, but they spotted it at the four. I still don't understand that. That's where he starts to slot. Forget that. He was still slid at the three. They didn't. He didn't want to score, right? Is what that was. All the Lions were moving out of the way. Yeah, but then he made it. I'm surprised he made it. To be honest with you, any more that a field you goal is you can't miss that. Well, me. every every day now, the hardest thing in sports to me is a field goal. That's the hardest thing in sports now to do. I'm it's not hit a fastball. It's game. kick a field goal. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. So, uh, huge week again of football action. Both the LCS and uh, baseball playoffs action is happening on a nightly basis. Tomorrow, two games. PharrellOnTheBench.com has you covered. Hockey, boxing, MMA, basketball is coming. PharrellOnTheBench.com rules every play, every day, everything that's on the board. Big changes coming in November. You're going to love it. Better for you, the customer, the fan. PharrellOnTheBench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. So uh, tomorrow, Astros-Yankees. That's a day game in the boogie down at 4.08, late afternoon till... Cole against Severino. It does not get any better than that, seriously. And the Cardinals Nationals in D.C. at 8.05. Dakota Hudson with his back to the wall, down three. The Nationals one win away from their first World Series ever. Patrick Corbin going for Washington, and they're favored already, minus about 27 for the sweep. Uh, and winning game four. Carver, how do you think it's uh, lights out for the Cardinals? They're going to get swept? I do. I just don't think they have anything left with them in them. They've been absolutely 
humiliated. Humiliated throughout all three games. They haven't scored any runs. They. I don't ever remember them ever being this bad in a in a uh, championship series. Look, I, I thought going into the series that the Nationals were better than them. I did not think that this would be a sweep, but um, there's a good chance it's going to be tomorrow. Really good chance. Yeah, I didn't see them getting swept at all. I don't think a person on the face of the earth would have said no, they'd get no, swept. I don't think anybody thought it would be a sweep. I mean, that is crazy. They have been utterly dominated. And again tonight, it was the same thing. What, 8-1? to one? Yep. I mean, that's just humiliating. And Strasburg, 12 strikeouts. And then Flaherty, right? What did he uh, – he went – he gave up five hits, four earned runs, two walks, six Ks. Everybody said he was the best pitcher – uh, in the second half in baseball, no, he wasn't. Garrett Cole was. Yeah, absolutely. Cole was. And uh, are you willing to? Are you willing to take that chance on the Yankees tomorrow to beat them? Yeah, I am. Uh, look, I, I don't. You know, I'm not saying they're gonna beat him. I would take a chance on it, just because of what he did in Fenway last year in the ALCS. He was not good. So, I think getting him out of Minute Maid and having him pitch on the road which is what happened by them having to play five games against the Rays. Right. Hopefully that is a little bit of a factor tomorrow. We'll see. Mafia, do you think Cole beats the Yankees at uh, the Bronx? They were 3-0 and against them in 2017 in the Bronx. The Yankees won all three games. This is 2019. 2017 means nothing to me. That guy's been on fire this year. But, I mean, they've, they've proven that they can beat Houston anywhere. They beat them in Houston, and they beat them three here. This is when they played in the ALCS two years ago. Right. So – now they're playing them again in the ALCS in New York tomorrow afternoon. Do you think they can win the game? I think Houston's going to win that game. I think Cole's just ridiculous right now. You know, we've talked about the struggles of some of these other top guys like Strasburg, or not Strasburg, but uh, Scherzer, uh, Kershaw. Cole just hasn't seemed to do that to me in the playoffs. You know, Scherzer, Scherzer didn't struggle. This yet game, last no, night. he finally he showed up last in the last start. You know, there was the, before that they were all over him because of he his dominated the wild card and earlier in that series. But he dominated in that game for sure. But people were all over him earlier in that series. I don't have that worry about Cole. That guy's been ridiculous this year. Uh, so he had a Scherzer. He also because Sanchez had a no hitter going into the eighth inning or whatever, and and Scherzer had one going as well. Yeah, through like f- five or six. You see, the last time that was done in the playoffs was against the Red Sox in 2013 by Annabelle Sanchez and Max Scherzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah back to back games. Yeah, I don't know. That that game is so crazy. Like uh, that number just stares at you. Plus a buck forty-five or whatever, right? That's just a nice payout if they beat them. I mean, they're also facing the best pitcher in the league this year, so it's a very, you know, I I think the line is probably right. I, I can understand the Yankees being dogs to him, even though the game's at the stadium tomorrow. I get it. Cause think about what it would have been if that game was in Houston. How hard do you think it'll be to score runs off of him? I think the Yankees are going to try to win the type of game that they unfortunately could not win last night in Houston, which is a 3-2 type of game. They are going to look to get their four or five innings out of Severino, bring in all their guys. Uh, They're looking to do what they did last night. How did Severino do against the Astros? I didn't pitch against them this year. But I mean, was he? Two years ago? Yeah. I'd have to go back and look and see what what he did in that series. 
because he's been their man, right? For the la- him and Tanaka have been their pitchers the last couple of years. Uh, but you're not getting a full Severino right now. He's not right. going to go out there tomorrow and throw eight innings. I mean, the guy's only going to throw four or five innings. Right. He's not stretched out. He hasn't. He hasn't. But they have a great bullpen. They have a great bullpen, and they made all the right moves last night. Everything that Boone and Cashman and the Yankees did in that game, right? When they brought guys in. Look, they used everybody. The idea was by the time you got to the 11th inning and the 10th and the 11th when you had to start bringing in Sabathia and Loisica and Hap, you don't want to see those guys in any playoff game. But you used everybody else and you used them all perfectly. The problem was they didn't score any runs. Right. They When they took Paxton out of that game really early, they found a way – to get to the 10th inning, even up with Justin Verlander. And they even got it to Verlander out of the game after seven. Right. And they just couldn't push a run across. Couldn't get a run. And that's where they lost that game last night. Uh, Richard and Myrtle Beach are on CBS Sports Radio. I love your show. Listen to you every night, buddy. Dang, thanks, buddy. Um, got a question for you. Right. Uh, being a Nats fan, I think the Nats are going to go to the World Series, especially the way they're hitting and pitching now. And I know both the Yankees and the Astros are excellent teams. They're very, very strong. If the Nationals go and they play either one of them, would anybody give them a chance to win the World Series or will they take the American League over the National League? I'll listen for your response. Uh, so, and so, for t- all right, so he's asking me, do they have a chance in the World can the Series? Na- can the Nationals beat the Astros or the Yankees? Yeah, I think they. I, I you know, how can you say they can't with when that with that pitching? They absolutely. Yeah, w- they they have a really good team. So I, you know, I think they could. Uh, you know, their pitching can absolutely slow down those two lineups. Are they the two best lineups? Of course, uh, but great pitching can win. You know, it's just that simple. Yeah. There's no denying that it can. I, I don't know. Um, if you're going to go into a fight with the Yankees, you want to go into it with arms. You go in with arms. Yeah. You could beat them. Same thing with the Astros, because the Astros got a stacked lineup, too. You go in there with arms. And so do the Yankees. Right. Any, either way, you know, you got to bring arms to that. Because bringing... their bullpen's better than uh, all of them. Well, the Yankees have the best bullpen. There, there's no question. Well, to me, the game's a lot more than just the starter. Well, in it, these playoff games, it, like you it saw is, it last but, night. But the reason why the Nats are where they are is because of their starters. That's why the Nats are one game from the World Series. And the Astros. The Nats are getting seven, eight innings every night from Strasburg and Scherzer, Annabelle Sanchez, Patrick Corp. They're getting right. – they're not. their guys aren't throwing four or five innings and they're coming they're out. They're going deep. They're going deep into games. And they're not giving up runs. I think the Nationals can beat anybody. Obviously, they're on the verge of sweeping the Cardinals out of the uh, pennant. And I think that they're going to have, like, this thing. The other thing is game three tomorrow. This thing will be over tomorrow. Yeah. And the other one's going to go six or seven. It's going to go into the weekend. It's going to go into the weekend I know that the Yankees took all three from them. That's not happening. Two years ago. They're not going to take, I don't believe, all three from them this time. I think that they will be back in Houston on Saturday. Um, but if I'm the Yankees, like we talked about Friday, me and you, if I'm the Yankees, I want to get this thing done in six or less because, you know, you got Cole tomorrow, and if there's a game seven, he's going to be standing there on Sunday in Houston. Uh, and you don't want any part of that. 
Because <laughs> oh, in God. that ballpark. But that's exactly what home, you're going to get. At home, he is really like And if he beat and if he beat him if he beats him tomorrow, he'll beat him Sunday. Right? <laughs> Look, I would not like the chances on Sunday if they got to face Cole. I like their chances do. against him a lot better tomorrow than I do That's on Sunday. Tomorrow is when they have to get him and they have to get 3 of these next 4. That's the way I look at it. You got 3 out of 4 games here. You got to win 3 of the next 4. I don't like their chances if they had to play a game 7 Sunday in Houston. I just don't like it. Oh. Humanity. They gotta all. find a way. I got agitated just thinking about it. And the hard part is, is that even if they went back to Houston, up three-two, you know Verlander's gonna be sitting there, right? Verlander will be sitting there on Saturday. Listen, I, I think they can beat him. Yes, I think they showed last. Look, Verlander was very good last night, but you saw. And then they beat Grinky. Opportunities. while is he even gonna pitch again? He'll pitch again. Where in, in Yankee Stadium? Good luck. But um, he's going to pitch again. They got to pitch him. Who are they pitching? Right. They're going to pitch him. So he's going to pitch, what, like a Friday? Uh, as of now, it would be Thursday um, is game. We, we obviously don't. This could really screw things up, this weather a situation. A Verlander, Cole, Granke is there, one, two, three. Right. So uh, allegedly right now, Granke would be lined up again to pitch game five, which right now is Thursday in the Bronx. Now, there's a weather situation in New York for Wednesday. Right. So there's a chance there's no game four on Wednesday, which would push games four and five back a day to Thursday and Friday. So if the so the rain would only affect the Yankee game on Wednesday because if the Nationals sweep tomorrow, it's over. They're, they'd be done. Yeah, I mean the Nationals would be done if they. But if why they is run. is the schedule set up for them to play Wednesday as well? If they if there's a game five in D.C., it's on Wednesday afternoon. Yes. Right. So they go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and that thing. Right, they would be off Thursday and then play Friday, Saturday, game six and seven, but I don't think it's going back to St. Louis, at least not at this point, down 3-0. Right. They look like they're shot. Like, they got nothing left. I agree. I mean, they walked out of that dugout, like, down those steps, like, God, I wish it was over tonight. One one more and we can get out of here. And then just be done with it. Yeah. Because they blew it. Their best guy on the mound tonight. Tonight was their night to get back in the series. You had Flaherty pitching. I know you were on the road, but that's a game where if you can get it to 2-1 tonight, it's a whole new series. But now you're done. But they didn't, and so now they're toast. Finished. It really is unbelievable. And his stuff is filthy, Strasburg. 12 strikeouts tonight. I mean, he really, to me, uh, you know, I got to give credit to Scherzer, though, over the weekend or whatever it was, Saturday. He looked great. He looked like an animal on Saturday. He was awesome. But to me, Strasburg's been the better pitcher. Strasburg's been the best. And I can't even believe what Sanchez did. That that is that was the killer right there. That they could stick him out there in game one and he did that. He he went into the eighth inning with a no hitter. Can you even believe that? That he started that series and went into the eighth inning with a no hitter? I mean, that's enough to kill you right there. That they're like the, the last guy on their staff went out and, and you know, shut you down like nobody's business. I didn't see that coming, right? That Annabelle Sanchez. We, I mean, we were in here doing the show. We were like, the guy's got a no-hitter. We couldn't even believe it. And tonight they were just raking hits. I mean, they just absolutely were raking. I am excited that I've uh, located the Warriors-Laker game. Suddenly, I found there's a uh, NBA TV late-night game going on here. Warriors and Lakers. I got to see the, uh, right now at the half, the Lakers are up by seven. I just want to get a gander over here. Starts next week. 
Yes, sir. And then uh, in this one, it looks like, uh, yeah, they're not playing any of their star players. None of them. I mean, none of them are playing. LeBron, none of them. They're just going with a just a hack lineup tonight. Dudley, Howard, Pope, Caruso, Norvell, McGee. LeBron did have time before the game to talk about the uh, China thing, though. Of course. Very important that we get uh, his political views on everything. 855-212-4CBS to get on a bench. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.